Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. KMR and KOST HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County. You are halfway to the weekend already. Here's Jennifer Jones-Lee with your Wednesday morning wake-up call. You know, I started thinking about that promo. You're halfway through the week. Technically, yes. But technically, no. Technically, you are further through the week. Because if you're like me, I see Wednesday as a victory. Wednesday means I don't have to get up except for two more days this week in the middle of the night. See? So technically, we're over that hump. Oh, I know. I read way too much into this. Hi, guys. Welcome to your wake-up call. I went to the Conway broadcast last night in Orange County at the Anaheim White House, all benefiting Katarina's Club, where Chef Bruno feeds 25,000 kids a week. And the turnout was spectacular. It was standing room only. You could barely get around in there, which was phenomenal. Got to go hang out with Conway. I got to go on stage. That was fun. You can check out all the pictures. JJLKFI on Instagram. Jennifer Jones Lee on Facebook. We had a blast. I'll tell you more about it. Plus, guess what I have? I have the totals so far for how much money we have raised as well as pasta and sauce. A couple of things also. Pastathon.com is where you can go to donate this morning and... You can bid on a dinner with me and the entire Wake Up Call crew. So that's Tyler, that's Alex, that's Nick, that's producer Michelle, and special guest Amy King. We will take you to the Anaheim White House. So it's dinner for two. Pastathon.com is where you can go if you want to join us. Also coming up, a storm is going to bring some rain to Southern California. Does that mean possible mudslides? We'll be on with National Weather Service meteorologist Andrew Rourke in just a few minutes. Metrolink says a potential rail strike could affect commuters in Southern California. And we've got a health emergency in OC that's been extended because of a respiratory illness. Also, 505, we'll talk with Elizabeth Schulze about President Biden being in Michigan. And he's got some big recent legislative wins that he was touting, including subsidies for the semiconductor industry. So we'll get into all of that. But let's start with the storm that's headed our way. National Weather Service meteorologist Andrew Rourke. Hi, good morning. What all is good it going to bring to us? Um, right now it's going to bring a cloudy day to us, uh, even though they've stayed clear most nights, but we're going to have uh, clouds coming in. Might actually get some drizzle or even light rain in the in the foothills areas like Pasadena. But nothing much today. day. It's just a little preview for the storm that will be developing tomorrow, more likely tomorrow night and into Friday morning. Um, cold front's going to sweep through the area Thursday night. Um, I'm getting a little ahead of myself there. On, uh, on Thursday, the clouds are going to get thicker. Going to get a little more drizzle, a little more light rain ahead of the front. Not really kind of the heavy rain, just kind of a lighter rain, kind of less widespread, but still enough to wet the streets and uh, cause the drivers to go nuts. Uh, and then we'll <laughs> Thursday night, 
we will get the real front coming through Ventura and into LA County um, after midnight, and that will bring the heavier rain with us. And uh, we, you know, up until I walked in on my shift last night, I was looking like we're going to get one to two inches on the flatlands and two to four in the mountains. That's still the official forecast, but last night's models threw a curveball at me. Um, came in a lot drier, which was uh, puzzling. I didn't change the forecast yet, but um, if the models continue heading that drier way, might have to unfortunately decrease those amounts a little bit. We need the water. We don't need it all at once. We do not need mudslides, but we, uh, it would be nice to get a little more water than what the current forecast, um, well, computer forecast is, although we're sticking to the slightly wetter one for now. Okay, good. Well, yes, let's stick with that one. I like when we throw the positivity into the universe. Let's hope that those models, you know, throw another curveball and they're like, oh, wait, we were just kidding, Andrew. We actually do have all that wet weather coming. Hopefully, that's what uh, that's what we're going for. But I uh, have to have to throw out the uh, the have to throw a little bit of the wet blanket reality on us so we don't keep our expectations too high. Okay, so then the bulk of the storm would be no matter what looks like Thursday night into Friday, and then does it taper off by Saturday? It tapers off early Friday morning. I mean, for LA County, for most of your listeners in the LA metro area. It will last through mid-morning Friday, and then the sun will come out. And then um, we might have another little shot of rain Sunday. At one point, that storm was looking better, but now it's not looking very good at all. So, uh. kind of so Sunday, but um, Friday, at least uh, going into the weekend, Friday night and Saturday, will be clear and dry, but cold. We'll still have uh, temperatures still five to ten degrees below normal for this time of year. So, what are we looking at? Uh, high today in the mid-60s, tomorrow, maybe not even 60, maybe like right at 60 degrees, which is about 10 degrees cooler than it should be. Can I just say yay to that? Because I absolutely love wearing jeans and sweatshirts and Uggs. So I'm in. There you go. Okay, well, did, did it just for you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Andrew. I appreciate it. Have a good one. No problem. Thank you too now. Bye. All right. Thanks. See you later. That's meteorologist Andrew Rourke from the National Weather Service. 507 on your wake-up call. Elizabeth Schulze, good morning to you. President Biden was out on a big victory tour yesterday, starting in Michigan. He's got some big legislative wins, though, that he can, uh, you know, wave around. Yeah, hey, Jennifer, good morning. You know, the president really trying to take his economic agenda on the road. You know, we're no longer in the campaign season here, but it did sound a little bit like a campaign speech. The president trying to talk about some of the uh, bipartisan legislation that passed. So specifically, he's focusing on this Chips and Science Act, which gives tens of billions of dollars to invest in computer chip manufacturing here in the U.S. He was at a computer chip factory in Michigan that says it's going to be expanding its operations. This was a response in part to the pandemic when we saw it was so hard to get some of these, these semiconductor parts uh, delayed products across the country. And really now companies are, are taking this opportunity to kind of double down on their investment. The president says this is an opportunity to create more jobs in the U.S. And he's really kind of saying, look at how we're, we're bringing these jobs back to be made in America. There was a little bit of an overhang during this speech, though. You know, he made a point of talking about how he's a pro-union president and in, in making these remarks in Michigan, talking about how he, he proudly supports the labor movement. At the same time, just earlier in the day, he had basically called on Congress to override unions when it comes to legislation uh, to prevent this possible rail strike that could happen as soon as December 9th here.
Okay, so then, yeah, it feels like there was a, a bit of a conflict in the president's own message. You had, you know, the press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, saying the president views this possible rail strike as unacceptable, therefore asking Congress, like, hey, step in and fix this, you know, because the unions can't pull it together. And then at the same time, when he gets to a place where, you know, it's super union, it almost feels like, here, let me feed you what you want to hear. Right. And, you know, the president acknowledged he's in a tricky situation right now. He has made a point of saying that he is the most pro-union president in American history. He frequently touts this message from the White House or, or on the road. And yet, you know, he basically admitted yesterday that the impact of a, a rail strike on the economy would be so crippling for, for families, for workers, that it's just he cannot accept this this time this this uncertainty um, and and really the unions on and the real unions there isn't time for them to go back to the drawing board so he had stepped in and, and negotiated this tentative agreement that the unions reached the rail unions reached in September and he had kind of you know touted that they came to this agreement everybody was happy but then it turned out that a couple unions didn't actually get what they wanted they they decided not to ratify that agreement. The, the sticking point really isn't over pay, it's over the, the paid sick time that the agreement calls for. And so now those unions, because they're not ratifying it, there's the potential of this strike as soon as December 9th. And basically what's gonna happen is today in the House here in Washington is they're gonna bring forward a bill that would that enforce that tentative agreement. It would make it so that the workers have to stay on the job. All right, well, I know that this is going to have a ripple effect should there be a strike even here in Southern California. I'll explain that in just a second. But yeah, this is a tricky situation. A real strike could truly be crippling for the whole U.S. You're absolutely right. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Say, sure. See you later. That's ABC's Elizabeth Schulze. So Metrolink says this potential rail strike could affect commuters in SoCal. Spokeswoman Karen Barker or Baker says that if the rail unions and railroads don't reach an agreement, lines from OC to the IE would be completely canceled. We anticipate that approximately 70% of our riders would be impacted by this. Dang. Do you like that? Dang. 70%? She says if the unions strike, train cancellations could start as early as December 9th, just like when the strike could happen. A health emergency in OC has been extended because of a respiratory illness that's caused a 25% spike in emergency room visits. CHOC Children's Chief Medical Officer Dr. Sandeep Gadambi says the lobby and parking lot now are being used to increase capacity. Our average number of visits to our ED has been 410 of late. Usually we're at 200 and we've even reached 489 a week ago. Orange County supervisors continued the health emergency yesterday to allow faster access for adult hospitals seeking pediatric equipment and medication. L.A. County D.A. George Gascon and Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer has formed a working group to deal with the rising number of fentanyl overdoses and deaths. Ferrer said yesterday people take the drug for different reasons. There are people who become addicted to fentanyl, and then there are people who have absolutely no idea um, that that's what they're ingesting. The group plans to address the crisis through prevention, education, and enforcement. DA Gascon says the county can't arrest its way out of the problem. LA Police Chief Moore said the loss of drug courts and potential prison time makes it harder to find and disrupt those supply chains. 
Researchers say an experimental drug created to Alzheimer's to treat Alzheimer's prolonged the progression of the disease by five months during an 18-month-long study. I know that doesn't sound like much, but that's huge. For anybody who has ever dealt with a family member who is suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's disease, a five-month delay would be amazing. Dr. Maria Carrillo with the Alzheimer's Association says this is not a cure. We're all trying to really grasp what it means to slow Alzheimer's because this is a first. This is a first for us. There's a biotech company in the U.S. and a drug company in Japan that studied almost 1,800 people in the early stages of Alzheimer's. They say those who took the drug were 31% less likely to advance to the next stage during the study. I know it's not a cure, but my grandmother had dementia. I had another family member who had Alzheimer's. If I could have had those two people, I know it's not the same, but if I could have had grandma in her right mind for five more months, are you kidding? I would, ugh, I would have taken that in a heartbeat. The backlog of cargo ships off the shores of L.A. and Long Beach is officially over. The Marine Exchange of Southern California says there's finally enough labor to handle the incoming container vessels. How many ships were sitting out there? The maximum was 86 on the 16th of November, 2021. Do you remember the date where you officially declared there was a backup and a problem? We consider the backup starting on the 15th of October, 2020. Kip Luditz with the exchange and says they learned a lot from the pandemic and the backlog of ships. Most importantly, how to manage labor needs and how to use technology to better handle inbound traffic. Steve Gregory, King of High News. Home sales have taken a hit in L.A. and Orange Counties. Both counties saw their home sales drop by more than 30% in October. California Association of Realtors Vice President Justin Levine says higher interest rates are partly to blame. He says while payments have gone up, buyers may have some advantage. There's more active listings on the market. The market itself is less competitive, so not as many homes are selling for over list price. Home sales in Orange County last month took a 35% dip at around 2,100. L.A. County saw home sales drop by 40% at around 4,600. Blake Trolley, KFI News. Thank you so much to everybody who came out to the Anaheim White House last night to support Katarina's Club and Chef Bruno. You can still donate to our KFI Postathon through December 4th. So actually, that would be the morning of the 5th. So Postathon.com is where you can go. And if you would like to bid on a dinner with me and the entire Wake Up Call crew, so that's Alex, Tyler, Nick, producer Michelle, and special guest star Amy King, Postathon.com is also where you can go. And uh, we're doing good on our bids. I met a couple of people last night who said they'd bid on us. They were lovely people. I would love if one of them won, but I don't know you. So maybe I would love if you won. Postathon.com is where you can go. Some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Metrolink says a potential rail strike could affect commuters in Southern California. And a health emergency in OC has been extended because of a respiratory illness. And Disney fans coming up at 535, I'm going to tease you. I have the perfect holiday gift for you. From someone who is legitimately part of the Disney dynasty. So that's coming up in just a second. But right now, let's talk a little tech with KTLA's tech reporter, Rich Demiro. You can follow Rich on social media at Rich on Tech. His website is richontech.tv. Rich, good morning. Hey there. Good morning to you, Jennifer. You know, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. 
would you like to join our dinner? It doesn't, there's no date yet. We would all have to coordinate with whoever wins the dinner. Would you like to, because you're part of the, the uh, wake up call team, would you like to join our dinner one night? It would be two people who win and they come to dinner with all of us and just chill out at the Anaheim White House. So what I'm saying is it's free dinner for you. Wow. I mean, twist my arm. Okay. Are you in? <laughs> Sounds pretty fun. I'm in. Let's do okay. it. Yay. It's all for the kids. It's all for Katarina's Club. Totally worth it. Chef Bruno feeds 25,000 kids a week in Southern I California. I know. He's doing great things. As long as you don't put me at the kitty table. <laughs> <laughs> I pro- well, you know what? I'd be sitting there with you. So, you know, okay. at least we know we'd have fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was always growing up, you know, oh, you're sitting Me at the too. kitty table. It's like, ah, oh, okay, Me, fine. I'm, I'm the oldest in my generation, and there are like 17 below me. I don't think oh, wow. I got past the kitty table until I was, like, it had to have been past 21. Oh, yeah. There's there's like, a, it's like, there's just the adults are there, and they're there, you know, it's like, sorry, kids are over here, even though you're 17. Oh, okay, exactly. cool. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Rich, there is this popular security cam that everybody probably got because they thought, oh, it's the one that doesn't talk to the cloud. Oh, apparently they were wrong. Yeah, this is uh, one of those things that you kind of live and learn and you realize, mm, okay, the claims are not all they're cracked up to be. So this is from Eufy, which is a popular brand from Anchor, which I do love. I mean, Anchor makes great products. Um, but the whole appeal of this camera, these security cameras, is that they don't use the cloud. They're secure. They only do things locally. And so for people that want to avoid, you know, the Ring cloud or the Amazon cloud or the, you know, uh, any other of the security cameras out there, they got this one. Well, it turns out one of these security researchers did some digging, and he's like, hmm, hold on. Uh, It's actually sending some data to the cloud. And it turns out that to send notifications to your phone with a little thumbnail of what's happening around your house, it's got to go up to the cloud and then out to your phone. And so uh, Anchor came out, and they said, look, we should have been more upfront about this. We were not clear about this. A lot of stuff is processed locally. We're not storing your stuff in the cloud. But, yes, we do need to use the cloud a little bit. And uh, so, clearly, they still have to use the cloud. Yeah. And I, it, it makes sense that they do. I guess it's just the claim. Are they worried about anybody coming back saying, hey, you guys said that you didn't you know, use the cloud? Any sort of lawsuit? Would they have to be concerned oh, about that? I'm sure there's going to be a class action. But, I mean, look, here, the reality is, I, I like the fact that they came out and explained what was happening. Right. It's not nefarious. Like, it's, you know, but the reality is if you thought that your system was never sending to a third-party cloud, then, you know, you were misinformed. And yeah. that shouldn't be the way it is because a lot of people chose these cameras based on their security preferences. Yeah, exactly. And uh, clearly on the website it said no clouds or costs. And so. Ooh. Yeah, they need to change that. Yeah, they need to change that, and I think they could be in a little bit of trouble just for, you know, what I don't know if it's false advertising or what they, you know, what they get nailed for, but I have a feeling, yeah, that they might be in for a little something. You know what I love about your job is that it's your job to test out all this different technology and all of these different Apple TV items and Amazon items, and recently you got to do just that. What did you like? What did you test out? What should we all go out and buy for Christmas? Okay, so these are the two highest-end streaming devices you can purchase, the Apple TV 4K and also the Amazon Fire TV Cube, the third generation of that. So um, 
Apple TV 4K, not many differences. This is expensive. The base model is $129. I would say go for the upgraded model. It's $20 more. It gives you an Ethernet port on the back. It gives you more storage. And also, uh, it gives you support for this new home standard called Matter, which uh, everything's going to be built on. Basically, all the Google, Amazon, and Apple stuff is all going to talk to each other with this new standard, which is really, really nice. Um, the system is a little bit smaller than the old one. There's no fan. It now uses USB-C to charge the remote instead of lightning. Uh, apps open just a little bit faster on the new Apple TV 4K. But here's the thing. You do not have to rush out and buy this because there's no meaningful upgrade that you need to take advantage of oh. right now. You know? Okay. So, All right. That's, that's good because that. everybody's uh, pocketbooks are going to be a little tight right now. Between the Apple TV one and the Amazon one, which one did you like better? Well, you know, I grew to, uh, I kind of fell in love with the Amazon Fire TV Cube because I've never used my voice to control my TV. And so the Cube is really interesting because it's kind of a whole, it's like a remote control for everything in your entertainment center. So if you have a cable box, if you have like a PlayStation, if you have a DVD player, it will control all of those things with your voice, which is pretty phenomenal. You can also plug your cable box into the back of the Fire TV Cube and then it overlays everything on your cable TV programming. So what I'm getting at, Jennifer, is if you have someone that's a little bit older, a little bit like, I don't want to change inputs, I don't want to deal with this streaming stuff, you're like, hey, um, this is the best of both worlds. Because now you can just say, hey, play this on Netflix, and you can also watch your cable channel that you watch without switching inputs. All right, Rich, that sounds awesome. I know you have to run. Thank you for agreeing to do our auction item dinner at Pastathon.com with us. You're going to be a big draw. You're going to get us a bazillion dollars. <laughs> I don't know about that. Don't don't bank on it, but uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to do it, and I'm excited for it, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh, this is great. All right, what we just threw a curve to the whole Pastathon. This is awesome. Rich, thanks a million. Have a great day. Thanks, Jennifer. Can't wait. All right, see you later. That is KTLA's tech reporter, Rich DeMiro. You can follow Rich on social media at Rich on Tech. His website is richontech.tv. And as I said, now look at our dinner. If you would like to have dinner with me, I know I'm probably the least uh, draw at the table because people like Alex Moore, Tyler Moore, I know they love Nick Pagliocchini more. That was obvious last night. Then you have producer Michelle who is like the staple of the group. Then you have guest star Amy King, who is my partner in crime. And now TV celebrity. And Rich is going to be on KFI. He's got his own show, 11 to 2 on Saturdays now. Leo Laporte is retiring and has decided to pass the baton to Rich. And we are thrilled to add Rich to the KFI team officially. So that, I mean, you guys, pastathon.com. Bid on this and know that your, uh, your donation would be tax deductible. Every single penny, 100%, goes to the kids, and it's going to be a dinner for you and a guest at the Anaheim White House. Right there. That's worth it. I mean, really, Chef Bruno is the draw, right? Anyway, pastathon.com is where you can go. And coming up at 545, I've got the totals that we have reached so far for pasta and sauce. And all I can say is you guys are amazing. Plus, we have a ding-dong escargot update to give you. Yes, my stomach's okay this morning. The Senate has passed bipartisan legislation to make same-sex marriage rights the law in all 50 states. 
ABC's Rachel Scott says it was a rare instance of bipartisanship on Capitol Hill. 12 Senate Republicans did join every single Democrat to pass a bill aimed at protecting same-sex and interracial marriage. This comes just months after Roe versus Wade was overturned. Democrats hear that other rights could be in jeopardy. The bill heads back to the House where it is expected to pass. Supervisors in San Francisco, this is the one I wanted to talk about or with Rich, but we ran out of time. They may allow police to use remote-controlled robots in emergency situations. So it would be a very specific emergency situation that this would happen. The San Francisco Police Department says it doesn't have plans to actually arm the robots with guns, but it could use the robots equipped with explosives. And then there's this. Okay, I got to admit, I only did part. Oh, jeez, Louise. That's just, what is, why won't it stop? There we go. So the only reason that I'm kind of doing this Tommy Lee story is because I could play some music. But that's, there's actually news portion to it too. Somebody broke into his home. The Motley Crue drummer apparently had the, had to call the LA County Sheriff's deputies last week. Tommy Lee hasn't actually been living in this house because the house is up for sale. But TMZ says whoever broke in trashed the place. Oh, kind of true Motley Crude style. I mean, it's not good, but still. And they only took, this is so weird. They took a bathroom mirror and some cabinet handles. I'm sorry. If I broke into Tommy Lee's house, I would not take his bathroom mirror and his cabinet handles. They take a screwdriver? That's just weird. All right. Disney fans now, this is for you. I've got the perfect holiday gift. How would you like to know what it's like behind the scenes with the Imagineers that work at Disney? Well, Academy Award and Emmy-nominated director and producer Leslie Iwerks herself, who is part of the Disney dynasty, has a new book where her Disney park designers Reveal their secrets. Hi, Leslie. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Let's talk about the Imagineering story. I am fascinated to find out what the Imagineers are all about. This is the official biography of Walt Disney Imagineering. How in the world did you ever become the person that gets to tell this story? Uh, well, it's, it, you know, it was a pretty remarkable day. I had done a documentary about Pixar Animation Studios that was commissioned by um, Steve Jobs and John Lasseter and Ed Catball. And when that film was completed, I screened it at Imagineering in Glendale. Um, and they basically said to me, Marty Sklar, the former president, said, Leslie, when are you going to tell the Imagineering story? And so I said, well, you tell me. And so, you know, they commissioned it over a period of five years. Um, and, and I had, you know, grown up in the Disney world, my grandfather was the creator and designer of Mickey Mouse, the co-creator and designer of Mickey Mouse, the original animator, uh, and worked with Walt over the course of his career as a major innovator of the theme parks and the movies and camera technology. And my dad worked at Disney for 35 years. And so I grew up in that world. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> and so I think as a filmmaker at this point in my career, as a documentary filmmaker, they, they trusted that I could – um, go behind the scenes and tell their story and uh, do it in a way that was respectful and um, and just, you know, creative and, and really pull out the humanity of the people behind the scenes and the work that they do because so much of it had been shrouded in secrecy for decades. So that's kind of how it started. And 
you know, traveled for five years to every theme park around the world and went behind the scenes and talked to over 200 people and just had a blast. Um, I don't know if I could ever have a more fun project than this one. Because the people that you would be talking to are some of the most creative minds I would think that we've got on this planet. I mean, if you think about the people that can put together the creative side and the technical side to bring the magic out in Disneyland, that we only see the finished product. In a way, it's not like, you know, it's it's one thing to say, oh, let's go behind the scenes and see how the sausage is made. I'd love to go behind the scenes and mm-hmm. find out how the in- Imagineers do it because that's creating magic that we all get to see totally and and that's that's the exciting part of this is i take you backstage to a lot of this stuff i mean in the in the series we we went up inside the matterhorn you know to the top took the little teeny elevator up to the very top and um apparently walt disney had a had a little there's a little window in there that you can't really see from down below but unless you're really looking but he would go up there and look out and uh check out his park from up up at the top of the matterhorn um, and to be able to look out that window and imagine Walt there and then to see the basketball court and shoot hoops in the basketball court where the old uh, mountain climbers would go and on the break, they'd have a, they'd shoot bas- baskets, you know, basketball. And um, so to me, that was a lot of fun. And um, those are just some of the just experiences that I had globally to, in all these different parks. So it was really a lot of fun. Well, obviously, I mean, considering your background, your family background, telling this story, this was in your blood. You were the person that had to tell this story. I can only imagine also um, how, I would say, impactful on you this was, kind of to get the behind the scenes, that maybe even your grandfather and your dad hadn't shared, just because, you know, when a, a dad goes to work every day, he doesn't share some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that you or I would think was so fascinating, but you got to learn a little bit more, I would think almost about your family too so there would be that added uh, attraction to telling this story it's true it, it really was um an, an opportunity for me to tell my dad's side of the story too because i had done a film on my grandfather back in 1999 called the hand behind the mouse and it was a story of, of iWorks and uh, his partnership with walt disney and their you know their their career together but but this time i was able to talk about uh, my grandfather's, you know, contributions to the parks and technology, really, not necessarily just animation, but the technology that he developed. Um, and then my dad's work in the machine shop as well and creating camera systems and projection systems that, that helped to innovate across, across multiple parks, you know. And um, so it was, it was a proud moment to uh, unveil the show and have my dad come to the premiere and, you know, uh, down at the studio lot and, Thank him, you know, for bringing me into a a really cool world um, behind the scenes that I uh, made an impression on me from an early age. I can only imagine. What were some of the things that you learned that you had no idea, even as somebody who grew up in the Disney World family? What are some of the things that you were even surprised by? Um, you know, I, I think it's just what's so fun is sometimes the simplicity of, of the innovation. I mean, the technology from the very beginning, they're always pushing the, the, the envelope when it comes to technology. But some of the simplest things, you know, like the cellophane fire in Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, just one little light and, and, a, and a fan blowing cellophane is their version of fire. And it holds up to this day. Um, the certain projection effects. You know, uh, Pepper's ghost effect in Haunted Mansion is a very simple 
turn of the century um, technology that you know is is there and it still holds up today as well. But then 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 you cut to today and you've got all this amazing um, you know dynamic um, like propulsion technology for for and, and um, technology for ride systems that are that are state of the art that are magnetic and it's free floating vehicles that that trackless vehicles that can take you anywhere and move and be reactive to to the guest experience. Metrolink says a potential rail strike could affect commuters in Southern California. A health emergency in OC has been extended because of a respiratory illness and the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences now says every single category at the 2023 Oscars will be announced live. And so the awards show cut eight categories from the main telecast last year. And a lot of people were like, hey, that's not fair. So this year, they will make sure that they get in an original uh, score. And they will also make sure that they get film editing in there. All right, you guys know my love of dogs. And this gentleman, who really has put his life on the line to do this, is you could think of him sort of as a security risk to himself. His name is Tom, and that's all that we know about him, obviously, for security reasons. He's got to stay safe. But he is a British Army veteran who is putting his life on the line to save some of the animals in Ukraine, specifically Kiev. And he joins us this morning. Tom, first off, I'm a, a giant animal lover. I do all I can to rescue dogs. And you are doing something above and beyond anything I could imagine doing. So I say thank you as we start this interview. Well, good, good morning. How are you? Well, I'm just fine. Tell me what you're doing and how this started for you. What made you want to do this? Okay, so my um, my organization basically specializes in um, removing and saving the animals from the conflict areas direct inside of Ukraine. So basically we go often in between the Ukrainian and the Russian army and extract the animals to safety. Um, and that's just obviously, it's not just myself. Uh, my entire ground team is all veterans, both from the UK and from the US. And we went out to Ukraine basically just a couple of days after the, the war started so we could put our love for animals and obviously military backgrounds to good use and save as many animals as we possibly could. So wh- how many animals to date have you saved since the conflict started? Uh, over 6,000. Wow. All right. So you, how big is your team? You said that you guys have a ground crew. Yeah, so the so the team that works on the ground, um, i.e. going into the conflict areas, is up to eight men, depending on, obviously, how many animals are moving at the time, what type of animals are moving. But then we've also got um, other volunteers from around the world that stay at the shelter, uh, the shelter, which is in a safe area, that basically look after the animals that we rescue who are often injured and obviously un- severely unwell. And then we basically rehabilitate them until we can find them homes around the world. And then we move them out of Ukraine and get them into the loving forever homes. I would think that starvation is one of the first things or dehydration that you see. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, you've got like severely emaciated animals, um, obviously due to the lack of food and lack of people in those areas because um, most of them are evacuated. And then you've got like severe illnesses, diseases, because a lot of them aren't vaccinated and stuff like that. So, yeah, so we get them in pretty bad shape quite often. Is it just dogs that you're picking up, or you keep saying animals? What uh, what other animals might you be picking up? Cats, I assume. Yeah, dogs, cats, um, lions, bears, 
What? Uh, Where are those yeah, coming from? So from from zoos, from private owners um, that have them. We did um, in conjunction with two other great organisations and two other great people. We moved uh, nine lions from Odessa um, in one move out to safety. They're now actually in Colorado, um, in the US. Who funds this? So it's all private donors, so just general public, kind-hearted people um, that obviously love the work that we do and, and want to support us and want to help us obviously save these animals. And, yeah, um, just private donors. I was reading an article, and uh, I think this was in the Daily Mail about you. And there was a part that you talked about, um, I guess, several dogs that you had to save that had suffered severe burns after the building, I guess, that they were in was hit by a missile. Yeah, we've um, that's the, unfortunately that's not a one-off occurrence. We've we've had many injuries, so from like severe first-degree burns due to obviously phosphorus missiles hitting buildings. We've had animals that have been shot, animals that have been hit with artillery and lost um, up to three limbs. We've had a triple amputee called Phoenix. We've had unfortunately we've had many um, varieties of severely injured animals. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that you are, I mean, you made my jaw drop when you said you're moving lions and that you had found places for them. Tom, if people want to help, because I know a lot of people are listening this morning and they're thinking, that is something I want to give my money to. Where can they go to help you? Okay, so obviously we've got a social media channel. We've got we've got a website. It's, it's Breaking the Chains. So if you stick in Facebook, Breaking the Chains, Ukraine, then obviously our organization will pop up. Websites, um, breakingthechainsinternational.org. So if you just fly that into Google, you can go on there, and then there's there's lots of information on there on how you can help, not just financially, but be it virtually or practically by coming as a volunteer and stuff like that. So Facebook, um, website. All right, Breaking the Chains. Tom, thank you so much for what you're doing. It's an incredible um, thing that you're putting your life on the line to help save these animals. But as a giant animal lover, like I said earlier, I just say God bless you and keep up the amazing work. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I want. I wish I could help me more. So if there's anything I can do for you in the future, you just let me know. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Right. Thanks. You too, Tom. If you missed it, because we had a little technical issue back there, we raised $444,000 at the Postathon last night and... You guys brought in about 9,500 pounds of pasta and sauce. Just incredible. So thank you to everybody. Nick Pagliocchini and I got to see a lot of people who dropped things off and donated last night. But if we didn't get to see you, hugs to you from us because it means the world to us that you are supporting. Pastathon.com is where you can go this morning. And it all goes to benefit Chef Bruno and the kids from Katarina's Club. 25,000 of them he feeds every week in Southern California. This is KFI and KOST HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. This has been your wake-up call. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, any Anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.